0: Praise God. This morning's scripture reading comes from Romans chapter eight, verses verse one. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Praise God. Thank you. There is now no condemnation. So why don't you turn in your Bibles to uh, Romans eight. Turn in your Bible to Romans, uh, Romans chapter eight, and while you're while you're turning there. Um, there, are, there are times that we are all waiting on God for something You know, we've been discussing promised lands and various challenges that we have in life and there are times that we are waiting on God for something and while we're waiting it seems like our minds kind of wander and drift away from, from the truth You know, the truth being that if God promises us something that God is indeed going to do it and then we wind up getting worried all over again we wind up getting stressful There are times that our faith is strong. But life, being that life is, you know, I mean, not everything that comes our way that is challenging or is giving us a hard time is necessarily of the devil. I mean, life itself can can be can present challenges too, you know. So sometimes when the life or the devil throws a curveball our way or something goes wrong, then our minds seem to wander again away from the truth. You know, we seem to forget about what, what God has told us and what promises he's, he's made to us. Sometimes, although we believe God, We forget that we walk by faith and not by sight, okay? We as Christians don't walk by what we see. We walk by faith and and, and, uh, by sight. That, uh, walk by faith and not by sight. And when I say not by sight, that means we don't look at the circumstances, you know. We don't look at what's going on around us. We don't listen to what people are telling us. That may be contrary to what God is telling us. So what can we do to stop our minds from wandering or from being distracted from the truth? so that we wind up, start worrying again. You know, what can we do? What what things can we do to stop that? Because it happens to all of us. Um, We know that God has promised something for us, and we have faith, but then we have those moments there where we slip back. What must we understand about ourselves and about our minds to keep us free from anxiety and from stress? And this today we're going to look at via the Word of God and looking at Romans chapter 8. So starting at chapter 8 and verse number 1, There is therefore now no condemnation, please underline no condemnation, to them who who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Okay, so in underlining no condemnation, first of all, let's understand one thing. Condemna- what condemnation is. First of all, condemnation is if um, if someone's been arrested and they've gone through the process of the trial and so forth, and the uh, guilty verdict is handed down, and the person is condemned to prison, or even worse, condemned to death. If there's a death penalty, there's no hope for that person. They've been condemned. Yeah, you know, I know you say the appeal process. Well, yeah, but still, the condemnation thing is that they've been condemned to death, as the term goes. Okay. Um, and for us, there is no condemnation. In that when things in our lives happen to us that are counter to what God is saying or what God has promised us, there's no condemnation for us because, first of all, there's hope for us, all right? For us too, for we people who are children of God, if if there's something happening that is not not a condemnation. Condemnation is is final. You know, this is it. You can't go any further. For us, there's always the hope. There's the hope that is in us through Jesus Christ, all right? You've heard us say many, many times that if something goes wrong or you're hearing a word of God, you're hearing a message a sermon or something, and you get this feeling inside, oh, this is something that I need to correct in my life, you know. This is not condemnation from the Holy Spirit. This is conviction from the Holy Spirit, and there's a big difference. You know, when the Holy Spirit convicts us of doing something wrong God will always give you the next step which is the way out God will always tell you what you need to do next when the devil condemns you what he does is that he makes you feel that your situation is hopeless okay so when God is promising us something and then all of a sudden you know we may believe for a while but then all of a sudden we start worrying again we start thinking oh gosh you know it's not going to work at that point in time you're actually feeling hopeless all right and so that's condemnation you're letting yourself feeling condemned. But Scripture is telling us, for we who are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. All right? So the first thing we have to remember, when we get that negative thought again, when the devil starts making us feel like we're not going to achieve this, we're not going to get this, this is not going to happen, so on, so, so and so You you, know, you need to rebuke that in the name of Jesus, because there is no condemnation for, the, for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. All right? There's always a way out, and there's always hope, and that's the eternal hope of God it says there is no condemnation um, for them who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh now underline who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit because walking not after the flesh that includes thoughts of the mind okay it it, it includes bondage it includes those fears okay so when we say then there is no condemnation for them of us who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit so that means then that we don't follow and we don't get concerned of the thoughts that are in the mind. We don't get concerned about fears. We don't get concerned about infirmities, about about sicknesses even, okay? Because we've been set free from that. You know, we just took Holy Communion here, and and, and what were we saying? What were we praying during the Communion time there? okay, The work that was done at the cross has set us free from all of that, alright? So we, we need to remember that there is no condemnation for you. Don't let that negative thought, thought sink into your mind. That's the devil trying to condemn you, trying to make you feel that it's hopeless. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ. Jesus has made me free On the line made me free Has made me free from the law of sin and death Okay the law of the spirit of life In Christ Jesus has made me free So you being in Christ Jesus You have to remember and realize that you are free You are free from any Condemnation you've been set free from that Uh, For what the law could not do In that it was weak through the flesh God sending his own son In the likeness of sinful flesh And for sin condemned sin In the flesh that the righteousness Of the law might be fulfilled in Us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. So here we are again. We need to walk after, and spirit, as you can see, is capitalized, meaning, of course, following the Holy Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. So, in other words, if you are really so concerned um, about what's going on uh, in the world and so forth, and 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 you're focusing on on worldly things. Matter of fact, I'm going to read it from the from the amplified from the amplified version. It says, "For those who are according to the flesh and are controlled by its unholy desires." set their minds on and pursue those things which gratify the flesh but those who are according to the spirit and are controlled by the desires of the spirit set their minds on and seek those things which gratify the Holy Spirit okay so in other words we don't get caught up in those worldly things we don't we don't don't seek to to um to go after and to uh, be immersed in those worldly things you know but go in and go after those things which are holy which is pleasing to the Holy Spirit and these are the thoughts of God all right so when you start feeling yourself getting drawn into that, you need to shift your thinking um, into God's realm and start thinking about all of the good things that the Lord tells us through through Jesus Christ and ministers to us by the Holy Spirit. You see, so it's like what are you thinking about? How do you spend your day thinking? You, you know, are you, are you, you worried about the things that are going on in the world? Are you worried about the things that are going on in your job? Are you worried about the things that might be happening, that could be going wrong? You worried about your bank account? Are you worried about your house? You, know, you see, these are the things that keep us tied to the world. It's, it's the flesh, so to speak. All right? Rather, thinking on, on the fact that you know, you know, what God has for me into eternity is far greater than all this. You know, if God saw me through what I went through five years ago, ago or two years ago or last year, God will certainly see me through this. What wondrous new things is God going to be doing i 'm looking forward to the holy spirit for for advice and guidance. This is thinking about the, things on the uh, about the things on the spirit of the spirit. Um, Verse number six, for to be carnally minded or fleshly or worldly minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So if you want to have life and peace about your situation, then you've got to keep your eyes and your spirit, your eyes and your spirit focused on Holy Spirit and the things of God. Because the, the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So in other words, if you're going to be spending your time worrying about your situation and worrying about how am I going to pay the mortgage, how am I going to pay the rent, how am I going to pay the car note, how am I going to pay this, how am I going to that, that is thinking about worldly or fleshly things, you see, and, and things of the spirit which tell you to walk by faith and not by sight, those two clash because they contradict one another. You see, they contradict. So if you're going to spend your time worrying about What's happening or going to happen or could happen on a a worldly level Then you're not focusing on the things of God And the two just do not It's like oil and water You certainly cannot have peace if you're focusing on those things Alright, so it it says there in verse number 7 again Because the carnal mind, you know, the mind of the flesh Or the way we would normally think Is enmity against God For it is not subject to the law of God Neither can it be So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God if you, have, if you have something that needs to be done or something that you're praying for, and every time you think about it and pray about it, you think about it and you pray about it on an earthly level, okay, all right? You know, you're thinking about it and you're praying about it. You're looking at the calendar. Today is April 5th. That note is going to be due on April 15th or April 30th and you're looking at your bank account as a, for instance, and you're looking at the days, and you're rereading the letter that you received from whomever it was, okay? And you're trying to reason out how this can come to pass. You're trying to reason out what steps can I take, who can I call, what, can I, what kind of actions can I take. This is carnal or fleshly thinking, okay? Because it, you, you, you're thinking not on God's level. You're thinking on an earthly, human level. What can I do, all right? So that's enmity against God, because God wants us to move out of that realm. He wants us to move out of He wants us to move in in the spirit realm. He wants us to move in line with Holy Spirit. All right. So what does Holy Spirit say? What does God's word say? God's word say that if you pray to me and you you have an ask of me, first of all I know your need before you even ask me, and when you do ask me, I've answered that prayer. You see. Now this is spiritually thinking spiritually. The carnal or the fleshly thinking, where you've got the calendar in front of you, you're looking at the note that's due, you're counting the days off, you're thinking about where you are relative to accomplishing this thing, that's your fleshly carnal thinking. The spiritual thinking is that, what did God say? God said that I shall supply all of your needs. Okay? That God is the owner of the cattle of a thousand hills. Okay? Alright? So God has everything that you need, and then most importantly, that I am God's child. I am God's child, okay? On the spiritual side, you you know, God says that if you who you are being human, if your son asks you something, would give him a snake or a stone or something like that, alright? So how much more would your, would God, your father, give you? Okay, this is thinking spiritually, okay? So thinking spiritually like that and thinking carnally or fleshly, looking at your calendar, thinking of who I can call, those two actions are enmity. They're at odds with each other. They are against each other because they certainly, they don't mix. They don't mix. They don't mix. Anyone that doesn't know the Lord, especially anyone that doesn't You can really see this in contrast if you speak to someone who doesn't know God and especially someone who's an unbeliever or non-believer and you tell them this thought about praying to God and believing his word, that is so far from what he believes because he or she is going to be leaving on the fleshly side. They're going to be looking at the calendar, thinking about who they know in Congress, you know, thinking about who they can call in the way, Anything that they can do to make this happen. This is earthly, worldly, man, human, fleshly thinking. That is so against what God thinks because when you start talking about God, that person just doesn't get it. You know, and you know that because we've all talked to people that don't understand the word of God, and they look at you like your head's on backwards. You know, they like you like something's wrong with you because they simply just don't get it. You see, so that's what this word is saying here. Okay, those two processes of thought are against each other. They're they're at odds with each other. They're they're juxtap- they're juxtaposed. They're against all and what they can't blend. Okay, so if we're going to be Going into our life, we've got this prayer out there. God has promised to do something for us, but then our minds slip back, which happens. Our minds slip back when something happens. We have to remember, first of all, there's no condemnation for me. I'm not going to be condemned. Satan is not going to tell me there's no hope. This is the end of the line. I'm going to lose my house. I'm going to lose this. I'm going to lose that. This is the end of the line. No, there is no condemnation here, okay? And then I can't fall into carnal or fleshly thinking and thinking about how the world would be thinking, but to remain in the spiritual realm, in the spiritually thinking, okay? Because to think the other way, folks, think the other way is not pleasing to God, okay? It's not pleasing to God. So you stop and think about that, all right? You're looking at that calendar, you're looking at the note, you're trying to figure out how this is going to happen. You're not pleasing God like that, you see. So you have to just pick yourself up and just literally say, I don't know how this is happening, but I'm going over here. I'm stepping into the spiritual side. I don't know how this is happening, but I'm trusting God. I'm going to put that calendar away, put my iPad away. I'm going to stop trying to figure this thing out. And I'm going into the spiritual realm and let God get it and let God do it. Okay. And then when the devil comes in again and says, that's not going to work. You're going to fail. You only got 38 hours. Why 38? 24, 36. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I put two more hours in the day, maybe. All right. Whatever number of hours you've got. Okay, uh, you know, so why? Okay, so, so you're doomed. All right. That's condemnation. Right and what did eight one eight one say? There's no condemnation for them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, not after the mind, not after the mind, but after the spirit. Okay. So then, so then, that, now going back to where we were here a second ago, again reading seven, because the carnal mind or fleshly mind or human mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can it be. Okay. So to think that way, to think worldly, earthly, in human terms, it's not subject to the law of God, because the law of God says that you give it to me. You see? The law of God says, give it to me. Give it to me. Put it at the foot of the cross. Come on, bring it. Bring it. Okay? But the human carnal fleshly mind wants to do it itself. Wants to do it itself. You know, we want to try and figure it out. Then he goes on to say in verse 8, so then they that are in the flesh, if you're thinking that way, you cannot please God. All right? Now, 9, but you are not in the flesh on line. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. Okay, believe that, saints of God, believe it. Believe with all your heart and with all your spirit. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. You become a born-again child of God, and you've, you've totally accepted the Lord, All right, You are in the spirit. The problem is that many of us don't want to remain residing there. We want to step out from it. You know? It's like we're we're inside the house where it's comfortable, you got a nice fireplace going and the woods crackling and everything, you got a cup of hot tea and you got soup and everything else that you need and outside there's a blizzard going on. All right? And inside our homes are so comfortable, everything you need, everything that you need is right there. You got your bed, you got your T V, you got whatever it is that you like, your computer, you got Facebook, right? Well, <laughs> okay. Whatever you got everything you need that's right there. Everything you need is right there, and there's a blizzard going on outside, and people, trucks, and things are flying. Or what do we want? We want to step outside. We want to go outside. All right, all right. We're not in the flesh; we are in the spirit. So why do we insist on stepping outside and entertaining things that the mind will tell us, things that the devil will try and make us believe? You're not going to succeed. You're going to fail. That's not happening. You're going to lose the house. You're going to lose the car. Your kids are going to grow up this, that, that you know. And you got the whole thing just planted in your mind. Well, that's not going to be pleasing to God. You gave yourself to Jesus Christ. You accepted Him as your Lord and Savior. For Pete's sake, let Him be your Lord and Savior. Let Him be your Lord and Savior. You know, to think the other way is enmity against God and it's it's displeasing to him. All right. So stop worrying about where things are going to go. Simply just say, I'm going to stay inside the house here, and I'm going to let God minister to me. When that fire goes down, I know God's going to put another log on the fire, you know, bring me some more marshmallows, and I'm going to be good. You see, you see, but you've got to believe that deep within your spirit. Amen, amen. You are not in the flesh, verse 9, but in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Alright, so if you don't have the Spirit of Christ, well then you're not His, but that's not us, so we shouldn't be worried about that. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit in life, the Spirit is life rather, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, which it does... He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also give life to your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in you. So the same Holy Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead, how powerful was that? (laughs) Was He? The same Spirit of God is in you. That same Spirit of God is in you; He dwells in you. That the Spirit of Christ also will give life to, or quicken, as King James says, will or quicken unto you, or 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 um, rejuvenate, resuscitate, uh, revive you, revive you again, you know, to set you free, to defeat infirmity, sickness, to defeat fear, to defeat bondage, etc., etc. Amen. So that so that same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in us and will bring life to us. Okay, and when you start feeling so depressed depressed and so worried about something, you almost feel like you're dead. You know what I mean? You feel like you're carrying a weight around on your body, on your back. You feel like there's no hope for tomorrow. Sometimes you go to bed, you go to sleep, if you can get to sleep. And I've known people who actually dread tomorrow. You know, oh boy. Oh, I hate when tomorrow comes. I gotta face this and I gotta face that. You know, you know. Well, 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 you're not by yourself. First of all, the spirit, the spirit of God is in you, and if you're walking in the spirit, you're not walking in that realm of condemnation and fleshly thinking. You're walking over here in this realm where, where God is, where Holy Spirit is, where Jesus, where anything is possible according to His Word. Amen. Amen. So you get up the next morning and you say, "What an adventure this is going to be. Lord, you know that this is happening in my life which he does. You know this is happening come Monday morning or Tuesday, whatever day it is. But Lord, I'm just going to go and I'm just going to follow you. I don't know what you're going to do, but I know it's going to be something good." And you trust in him. You trust in him. And and you, and you and you actually have to get to the point that you say to yourself, "Lord, I don't care that if if at the particular time, you know, it seems like, you know, it's not going the way I want it to go, then Lord, You are still in control, and it's going to go the way you want it to go. And I'm your child, and I'm your your son or daughter. Okay, so wherever you take it, Lord, it's okay by me. You just go with it. You just go with it. It may not be what you're expecting. It may not always be what you're expecting. But you better believe that if God is doing something for you, if God is taking you someplace, it's going to be a good thing. You know, thank God we don't have a God that's the devil. Okay? Okay? Thank God, we don't have a God that is saved. we have a God that loves us, that has power over this entire thing, seen and things that are unseen. If God can shape the entire universe, be it one universe or multiple universes, parallel universes, interesting thoughts on in science now about that. But no, no matter what it is out there, God has created. It. So if God did that, He can certainly take care of our career, take care of our house, take care of our children, take care of our unborn child, take care of anything that's on that's on the on the agenda. Amen. So we just, we just have to remember to walk in the. The Spirit and not in the mind, not in the flesh. Verse number 12 says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. But if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Deeds of the body means worldly things, you know, worldly things, okay? So, so verse 13 again, For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. Underline the word die and draw it in your margins someplace. Write the word spiritual. Okay, because what this means is talking about spiritual death. All right, and spiritual death we know is separation from God. All right, so if you live after the flesh, you shall you shall spiritually die. But if you if you um, through the Spirit you mortify or kill off or start following stop following behind worldly things, you shall live. You shall live. You see. So when we fought, when we get so immersed and so caught up in worldly things. And relative to things that we're praying for and hoping for, and we get so sucked into thinking the way the world thinks, and stop, and stop trusting God and start thinking about me, how I can make it happen, how I can do this, how I can do that, and you're getting into that carnal existence, that, 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 that worldly thought thing. Um, your thoughts and everything are so gauged to the world and trusting in the world, that you wind up spiritually dying in spiritual separation, meaning that for that point in time, you're breaking the fellowship with God. You're breaking the fellowship. Now, it doesn't change your relationship with God. It doesn't change your, your relationship. When Jesus hung there on that cross and he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? It did not change Jesus' relationship to God the Father. He was still God's Son. Amen. But at that point in time when the sins of the world were being dumped upon him, Jesus experienced the fact that that he was separated from God. That's what he was talking about there. You know, because because he was he he was taking the sins of man upon him, so God can't look on sin. So for all of these eons and eons eternities where he's been with God the Father, because John one says what Jesus in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. So Jesus was all always with the Father, always, he never knew separation, but at that point in time he knew separation, the fellowship was broken Broke. so what this is talking about here is that if we entertain those worldly thoughts and start trusting the world more, looking at my calendar trying to figure out how I can do it, listening to what so-and-so said, oh boy so-and-so said that that promotion was going to him, you know, and didn't you hear that, and then you start getting all shaken up because you're listening to the world, you know that's not what God said, you're listening to the world okay, and because you're now listening to God, God, then all of a sudden there becomes enmity between you and God, because now you're walking in the flesh and not in the spirit, and you're not pleasing God, so then you run the risk here, for if you live after the flesh, you shall spiritually die. But if you, through the Spirit, do kill off or mortify the worldly thinking, then you shall live. Okay. So if you can learn how to kill off that thinking, then you shall spiritually live, and you'll be successful, and and you shall uh, have have uh, where it said before, you shall find peace. Uh, Was it life and peace? Spiritually minded in verse number six. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. All right. And, and and the Lord knows that when we are going through that, and the devil is dumping condemnation on us, and we're feeling like we're not going to succeed, but we're going going to fail you certainly don't have peace you don't have peace no way no way you can't tell me when your stomach is in knots and if you're losing hours of sleep and you're dreading the next morning who who you have to face who you got to talk to and, and so it doesn't matter who you're going to talk to because what does Jesus say that said that um, if they bring you before the magistrates Holy Spirit shall give you the words to speak, so it doesn't matter who you're going to speak to. God will always give you the words, amen, so you don't worry about it, okay? It will bring you, give you life and peace. Um, Verse number 14 says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, right? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you, underline you or ye, and write the word I, so that next time you're reading this, you can read it I- For I have not received the spirit of bondage, again, underline again, to fear, underline fear. But you have received, I, underline uh, ye, and write the word I, but I have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, underline adoption, whereby we, we cry our Father. All right? We have not, or I have not received the spirit of bondage again. Now, the reason why I had you underline the word again, because at one time, you were in bondage to fear. Okay, if you don't know God, then you're not set free from fear. That that spirit of fear. All right. So after you came to Jesus Christ, Jesus has set you free from being in slavery. That word "bondage" means you're in slavery to fear. None of us should be slaves to fear. None of us, you know. That doesn't mean that fear won't rise up in your life. Sure, I mean, it's a natural thing. But the minute that it does, you need to put that thing in check and rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ. So you're not a slave to that anymore, all right? When you were in the world before you knew Jesus Christ, you were a slave to fear. You were a slave to it because any time something went wrong in your life, you didn't know how to set yourself free from it, all right? I mean, you tried your best to set set yourself free. You did whatever you thought that you could do, but you were still a slave to it because it came back upon you again, you see? But now it says that you've been set free from that bondage, all right? You have not received the Spirit of bondage or slavery, again to fear. Now, that fear is not only just talking about fear of a lion, obviously. It's talking about stress, anxiety, things going wrong, things not happening, um, uh, you not believing that what God said is going to happen is going to happen. I mean, these are all fears. Anytime you feel anxious about something or you're being stressed out, then that's that's fear. That's fear. If you want to get into the in, in deliverance circles, I mean, you know, fear is a strong man, and under that strong man called fear are lesser demons with spirit of anxiety, spirit of stress and so on like that But you need to bind up that spirit of fear In the name of Jesus Christ and cast it out Because you've been set free from the slavery We have not I have not, I had you put the eye. I have not received the spirit of bondage or slavery again to fear. Don't try to come back on me again, fear. I'm in Jesus Christ now. I rebuked that fear before, and I've gotten rid of it. Slavery again to fear. But you have received the spirit, capital S meaning Holy Spirit, of adoption. Now, adoption, I had you on the line there, because when you came to the Lord Jesus Christ, guess what, you were adopted into the family of God. You adopt them to the family of God, you know? And we, when we start worrying and the devil tries to put condemnation on you, there's no hope. You, you know what I mean? Gee whiz, I mean, even if you know, in the world, if you get arrested and picked up and put in prison, your father, if he loves you, and then hopefully, you know, the relationship is still there, your father will come bail you out. you come and set bail, alright? So there's no condemnation, alright? All right? So, so we're in God. He's not going to leave us anywhere in bondage or in slavery or anything. So we've been adopted into the body of Christ, into and, and into the, the kingdom of God So therefore it says Whereby require what? Abba Abba Father Underline the word Abba Abba Father Abba, Abba is a colloquial, a, colloquial a, a, a common word that means daddy Basically That's about the closest we can get to it In the English language it, It's an affectionate term Meaning like daddy Dad Okay Daddy, Father, Abba, Father. This is, this is establishing, this is showing a, a close relationship. So we've been adopted into God's family. Verse 16. The Spirit Himself, capital S meaning Holy Spirit, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. All right? So the Spirit that is in you, the Holy Spirit that's in you, bears witness with your spirit that you are indeed the children of God. And if we're children, then we're heirs. Underline heirs. Then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. You see, do you realize and understand that? All right? that? That you've been adopted into the Father, into the family of God, and you are a joint heir with Christ. So what Christ has... They, they, what Christ has inherited, so shall we inherit. All right. So with all of that on our sides, then why do we let ourselves get set into condemnation? And why do we go back and worry when things start going a little bit sideways? You see, don't, don't settle for it. Just don't stand for it. Okay. Verse number 18. Um, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. All right? The things that we, we um, go through in this life at the present time are nothing compared to where we're going to be. You know, that's another thing that we need to keep our sights, our sights focused on, too. I mean, the things of this life are all, are, are all temporary. You know, we're here for a period of time, whatever years God decides that he wants us here, and then our ultimate goal is, is heaven, you know. So we're here, and not that God is saying that we should just suffer, suffer, suffer through this life, you know, but we should also uh, remember that where things are going to be into the future. For the earnest expectation of the creation waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. The sons of God is us. For the creation was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because the creation itself shall also be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So we all know that the state that the earth is in, once Satan got involved in everything like that, the earth is not, was not the way God originally intended it to be. I mean, Satan was let loose and so, you know, the scripture that talks about the whole earth travails, or I think it's coming up next, yeah, uh, where the whole earth Earth travails, travails, verse number 22. For we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. All right? Um, and, and if you have a, um, um, a Schofield or other study Bible, that creation, the footnote there is, Adam drew down into his ruin the old cre- creation of which he was Lord and head. Christ will bring into moral unity with God and into eternal life all of the new creation of which he is Lord and head. Even the animal and material creation Cursed for man's sake Will be delivered by Christ Okay, so that's what that's referring to The earth now is groaning and struggling and travail I mean, you know, look at the earthquakes I think all of that is tied into Because the whole earth was cursed By the action that Adam took, you know We would not be going through the things That we are going through If, if Adam had not decided to sin You know, and threw all of creation Into the sinful state And of course Satan is here to help things along Okay, so that's what that's. Referring to there, verse 23, and not only they, but ourselves also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, that is, the redemption of our body, the redemption of our physical bodies. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. Please underline, hope that is seen is not hope. For we are saved by hope. Remember in the beginning we said no condemnation. For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for it? For if we hope for that which we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Okay, so put a bracket around 24 and 25 and write in your margin faith. Because that's what faith is, all right? If there's something that you see, you can't say you're hoping for it, you know. I mean, here you got your, your nice car sitting out there in the parking, parking lot, and you're looking at it, and you got the keys in your pocket. Are you saying, I hope I have a car? Okay? You know, that's not hope, because you see it right there. All right? What hope is, is when you don't see something. Okay? Hope is that thing that God's been promising you. All right? Hope is that house. Hope is that job. Hope is that situation that you're wrestling with going away. Hope is, is is the birth of a baby with no issues, okay? Hope is whatever those good things are that God has promised you, that is unseen right now, okay? This is walking in the Spirit. This is walking in the Spirit, right? It's easy, it's it, it's not faith, you know, if somebody is handing you five dollar a $5 bill to say, boy, I've got faith, I'm going to get $5, and the person is handing you faith. You know, faith is when you don't know where that $5 is going to come from, and you've got faith that you're going to get it. You see, so this is the difference between us having faith and, 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 and faith on the things that are not seen. You see, but the devil will get into our minds and he will put that condemnation on us again and say, see, the thing you're hoping for, the thing you're praying for is not going to happen. There's just no hope. You're dead zippo, goose eggs, you're done for your fried toast and that's it. You're gonna be out of your house, you're not have a job, you're gonna have a car, you're not gonna have this and that. Everything is going to go, you know, you're gonna be living under the bridge. <laughs> you know. Okay, you see, so so this is this is the combination the devil would try to put us into. But however, you know, hope is that God told me this and so this is I don't see it. I don't know how it's gonna to come to pass, but I've got this this faith in God. Likewise, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmity. Uh, the Spirit helps also the things that are going on in our lives, our, our struggles, okay, um, helps uh, our infirmity. For, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought to. But the Spirit himself makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. All right? So this is the Holy Spirit here who helps us, for while we don't know what to pray for, the Spirit does and makes intercession. And really, this is a really a cross-reference in, in, into uh, praying in the Spirit. We've talked about so much, you know, while you don't know what to pray for and what's going on in your life or your relatives, your friends or situations, Holy Spirit does. So when you're praying in tongues and you're praying in the spirit like that, Holy Spirit knows what should be prayed for. And it says he makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. What better thing if you've got Holy Spirit in you praying to God when because this is God praying to God... So what better thing is that than to have God that knows exactly how you should be praying, knows what's happening in your life, and knows what God wants, that he's praying on your behalf. It says, in intercession for. So that means he's praying on our, on our behalf. So if you've got all that going on for you, so then again, why do you let the devil put you into condemnation? Why do you let your mind wander back so that you're worrying again, you know, where you've got faith, you know, you wake up in the morning and you're all pumped, you know, 8 o'clock you're leaving the door to go to work or maybe you're at work and you're all pumped and then come noon, what happens, you know, all of a sudden that noon, you know, then your faith is wearing thin. You know, like I need another chocolate bar or something. Your faith, your faith is wearing, wearing another cup of coffee or something, you know. Your faith is wearing thin. It, was that, it wasn't that way at 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock this morning, so what's happened, you know, by noontime, all of a sudden your faith is wearing thin. Or you get a phone call, or you get a piece of mail, or somebody says something to you while you're in the grocery store, then all of a sudden you go back under this thing of condemnation, you see. So remember, you, 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 you can't walk like that, okay. You, you, you can't live like that. That's displeasing to God. You can't let the devil keep bringing you back. Okay? At all thoughts, at, at all costs, whatever it is, whatever it may seem like, whatever the mail says, whatever the person said, whatever the phone call said, you've got to stay over here in the Spirit. You've got to stay in the Spirit. Okay? Okay? Hope that is seen is not hope. All right? It's what is unseen. I'm staying over here because I'm hoping and I'm knowing and I have faith that God's going to bring me through this thing. Okay? All right. Give me the plan. How's God going to do it? I don't know. I don't know. All I know is God's going to do it. God did it before. So he'll do it again. I don't know what his steps are going to be. All I just know is that he loves me. He knows I have this need. He knows that he doesn't want me to be this destitute or this or that or whatever. I don't know, but I'm staying over here. I'm staying there. I'm not gonna go back over there and displease him and displease him. You know, we all know people, be they children, nephews, nieces, or someone in the family where you've told a dozen times something, something and you know, and you've been telling them, I said I'll do it, I said I'll do it, just trust me, trust me, and the person just doesn't Trust you no matter what you do, you shake your head, you've known them for years, and they do the same thing over and over again. They keep going back and trying, and you say, well, I keep telling them, to just. I was going to do it, and just trust me. And how does that make you feel? Huh? You get annoyed. Sometimes you get angry. Huh? It displeases you to no end. So, this is God the Father who's got all these wondrous things for you. All of these wondrous things, you know? And at times, He's even trying to tell us what these wondrous things are, but we're so busy pity-partying or wallowing in, in condemnation that we can't even hear Him. You know, how many times have we, as parents, aunts, nephews, aunts, uncles, or whatever, or even a a a friend, a a kid, you know, you you buy them something for their birthday and Christmas, you know, and me, I'm known for it because I just can't keep anything to myself. I blur it out and and give away what I bought, you know, because I want them to know so much. I got this wondrous thing, and I just want to have the joy of giving it to them and everything. And I did that to all of my kids at one time or another. But, oh, we got the so-and-so, and and the kid is sitting right. oh, thank you, Dad, you know, you know, and he so, said, yeah, tell, you know. so I'm telling my wife, is like, you know, don't, don't tell him, you know, and I'm the same, don't tell me, if you don't want me to blurt out, don't tell me, you know, but, but, but it's the joy of letting someone know what you have for them, you know, well, God, the Father, wants us to say, first of all, trust him, but there are many times, though, that God is trying to tell us and give us a hint of what he's got for us, you see, but so many times we're so busy running that we don't even hear him. Okay, We're so busy worrying and wallowing in self-condemnation, in condemnation, demonic condemnation That we don't even hear what God is saying God's over here in the spirit realm and, and you're over here in this other, you know, earthly, fleshly, carnal realm And God is saying, come on over here because this is what I He's got the little thing he's trying to hint, hint, you know And we are so obtuse, we're so dense That we just don't get it We don't get it many times because we're not talking to him, you know we're saying, yeah, God, I'm there with, I'm there with, I'm there with you, I'm there, I'm there, I'm there. But we don't hear Him, you know. There's a cliff, and He's trying to tell us, watch out. There's a cliff, and we just continue walking right off of it, and He's trying to call us back. You see, that's the other reason why why we need to stay in the Spirit. You know, you got to stay in the Spirit. You know, when I was coming up, I knew the safest place to be was in my house with my mom and dad. <laughs> You, you, you know, I knew there was food there, I knew there was shelter, I knew Christmas time, I got nice things, you know, so this is where I'm staying, you see? But then as I start getting older, and you become into those teen years, and you start getting other influences pulling on you, and I'm just like like most of you, you know, hey, hey I was pulled out and tempted and pulled into other things. My parents back at us were saying, come on back, come on back, come on back. Okay, and went through all of the hiccups and the bumps, had to learn the hard way and the stupid way. You see, my parents were always there. Come on back, come on back, come on back. You see, and thank God I listened, and then I came on back. You see, well, God the Father is doing the same thing to you. He's saying, come on back, come on back. Don't get pulled into that condemnation. Let the devil lie to you. All right? You had faith at 8 o'clock in the morning. Have that same faith at 12 you had faith at 8 o'clock in the morning before you opened and went to the mailbox. I have that same faith now that the mail, now that you open that piece of mail that seems to be giving you a hard time. Amen? Amen? So, so this is where we need to make sure that we, that we are staying. The Spirit also helps, helps um, our infirmity, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts... God searches your hearts, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things, verse 28, bracketed, highlighted, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. All right? And you've been called according to His purpose. You've been called. All right? And the best part is that not only were you called, but you're, you're hearkening to His call and you're listening. I know that because you're even sitting here today. All right, and those that are hearing this, those that are hearing this by uh, by podcast or or through iTunes, they're listening to this message. Um, um, I know that you're hearkening to the call because you're listening to this message. You're listening to this message, and you're wondering if this message is meant for you. You're wondering if there's meaning in this message to you, or for you. You know, so you're hearkening to the call, to the call of God. You're, you're hearkening to it. You see, um, and all things work together for good. So that means that even if you wind up. Wanting to go northward or upward in in excelling, promotion, job, bigger house, bigger, better circumstance, whatever it might be. And there's some other little side path that you have to take. All things work together for good. Okay? No matter where you wind up going, if you're in God and you're walking in the Spirit and you're letting God guide you, no matter what direction you may wind up going, it's going to work for you for good. Okay? Many of you know, I said, I won't go into that, I won't tie up time with the message, but it certainly has happened to me, you know, it's happened to me, where I just followed God, and and boy, and things just all came together, and then what God will do many, many times, and most of the time, at the right point in time when you're in prayer, he'll tell you why he did it that way, and you'll see it, he'll reveal it to you, he'll reveal it to you, you know, and you'll say, wow, you see, and when that happens, that's when you really get a breath and it, it, Sometimes it, it, it'll take your breath away when you see and you fall on your face and you thank God for taking you that way because it kept you out of something else. It kept you out of something else that could have been devastating. It kept you something out of something else that or some place that had no no um, no place to go. All right. It kept you from doing something that would have wound up being really really stupid. All things work together for good for those that love Him. All right. So there's nothing you have to worry about. As long as you're walking in the Spirit, you're not letting that condemnation get to you. You're walking in the Spirit. You're in that realm. You're pleasing God. He's not going to do something to you or let something happen to you when you're pleasing Him. You know? Our God is not Satan. Satan does that. Satan does it all the time to his followers. When he's finished with them, he throws them. Throws them away. Okay? God is not like that. You're pleasing Him. He's going to watch out for you. You slip and stumble. God is still going to watch out for you as long as you're running back to Him. Remember the story of the prodigal son? Amen. As long as you're running back to him and you're getting back into the spirit realm, you're going to be pleasing him. Okay? All right? So no matter what goes on, you, you, you can't lose. You know, the situation, this is a win-win for us. If we just simply follow God, it's a win-win. That when even something bad, quote-unquote, happens or something uncomfortable happens, it's going to work together for good. You know, the state that you'll be in in the final state would be a whole lot better off than where you were in the first state. Amen? You will be a whole lot better off. Amen? So then he goes on to say in verse 29, for whom, uh, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Jesus Christ was the first, firstborn. Uh, born, born again as is referring to More, moreover uh, whom he did predestinate them he also called and whom he called them he also justified and whom he justified them he also glorified what shall we then say to these things if God be for us who can be against us underlined if you don't already have it underlined ok simple as that what shall we say then to these things if God be for us who can be against us you know, and I mean, I think that says so much right there. I mean, you know, you can just answer the question. If God is with you, who can be, who can be, be, be against you? Who can be, who can be against you that's going to wind up benefiting? I mean, you can have people, people against you, but they're not going to benefit from it. They're not going to prosper by what they're doing. You know, there's no one greater than God. 32, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Imagine that. Right? How, shall he not all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Shall God that justify? In other words, who, who can blame things against us or, or blame things on us? Because we are God's elect. 34. Who is he that condemns? Shall Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us? Christ is not going to condemn. He's there at the right hand of God making intercession for us, you know. How many of us really, really realize that every time we slip and stumble that Jesus Christ is there pleading the case for us, so to speak? You know, the same way Satan went there, you know, accusing, went there before God, you know, accusing Job of this and that and so forth. But well, Jesus Christ is there interceding for us. Yeah, you know? and so when that condemnation is there you know that condemnation again going back to the court scenario you know you've got this prosecutor that is there trying to condemn you to prison for life or trying to condemn you to, to the death sentence for life well you've got this defense attorney that's pleading your case for you it's Jesus Christ he's, he's interceding for us amen amen, amen. The, word, the word Satan means what does it mean the word Satan means accuser of the brethren that's what he does goes before the God, God accuses us, accusing us. Jesus Christ, on the other hand, interceding for us, interceding, right? So if you got all that going on, again, why are you letting yourself be condemned and why are you letting your mind slip back into worrying and, and wondering? Verse 35 here in closing, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Amen. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or, or sword, Okay, highlight all of that. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation, that can't separate you. Distress, can't separate you. Persecution, someone after you, giving you a hard time, that can't separate you. Famine, even if you got to the point where you couldn't get food or didn't have clothing or any kind of danger, that can't separate us from Christ. As it is written, for thy sake... We are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Please underline that. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. All right? So anything that happens to you, you know, we always think about and worry about things that are so terrible happen, happening to us, you know, and again, that's what the devil does. It makes you worry and get into that. There is nothing, 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 nothing that can separate you from Jesus Christ. Nothing, you know. So, I mean, that alone should bring you enough comfort and enough solace to to not be worried and not be concerned, you know? You you know, know, I, I remember when I was little and things like that, and we always had ruffians in school that were doing some things, and sometimes I couldn't wait to get home to the safety of my mom and dad, you know? And I knew that at all costs, no matter what, if I got back home, I'd be okay, be okay. There's always the safety of the house, you know, and I don't know about you guys, but I know when I was a, 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 a youngster, I mean, if I had a bad dream or, you, you know, lightning and I always loved that, but if I, had a, if I had a bad dream or something like that, had the safety of my mom and dad's bed. I'd go in, and they were always there to make space. Dad would move over, and I'd jump in the middle and pull the covers off my head. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I always knew that if I could just get to their bed, and as I was running from my bedroom to theirs, you know, the... The shadows and reflection on the hallway, you know, like you see in the kitty horror stories, you know, the reflections and things and the noises. And, but I knew that once I got to that bed, I'd be good, you know. Well, it's the same thing. We have to know that nothing can separate us from Jesus. Nothing. Nothing. Okay? Nothing. Not all the storms of life, not all the bad nightmares, no matter what is happening in this life, nothing can separate you from God. Okay, because he loves us. So, don't let the devil put you into that condemnation. Don't be pumped up in faith one minute and then the next minute all of a sudden you're worrying that it's not going to work. Because that's what he does. You know, and he's good at that. But God is better. Verse 38, For I am persuaded. Okay, underline, I am persuaded. Then ask yourself, are you really persuaded? Okay, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels... Nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creation, nor any other creation or creature, as King James says, or creature, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Amen? So underline all of that or highlight it. I mean, I, I personally, I have bracketed everything in from verse 35 to the end there. Okay? Okay? And and and, 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 and in, in verse 37 there where it says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. That's the dominion that, remember we, a few weeks back we talked about the gods of... Uh, plan, you know, dominion and so forth like that, that the original divine plan was for mankind to have dominion. Well, through through Christ Jesus, we have dominion, at least over the spirit realm here. Amen? And all things, we're more than conquerors, alright? And if you notice, in all those things that they, uh, he underlined in verse 38, there, uh, 38 and 39, there there are 10, 10 assurances that are given there. I am persuaded. you got to be persuaded. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, uh, principalities, powers, present, things to come, height, depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us. All right? So if no other creature, nothing at all can separate you from the love of Christ and from God. Okay? Then why do we worry? Why do we worry? Okay? All right? All right. Now, now, and I'm not changing God's word here, but I will insert this. Not, not insert it in His word, but I will say... The only thing that can separate us, at least spiritually, is us. Right? It's that little two-pound or whatever thing between your ears called your brain and your mind that can separate us. And that's by choice, if we choose to start worrying if we choose to start dwelling on earthly, worldly uh, uh, things, carnal things, if if we choose to to get out of the spirit realm and to get back into the natural realm where we're doing nothing but worry, okay? But other than that, nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Amen? So next time the devil tries to bring you back into that and tries to make you think that, oh, well, boy, oh, boy, see, I'm not going to succeed and all of that, it's a lie. You rebuke him in the name of Jesus Christ. And just remember that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. I pray that this message has been a blessing to you. And now before we close, let us prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings.